Hey everybody, welcome back to Simply Holy, a practical guide for making the holidays holy days. And uh, today is actually the first day of Advent. More accurately, it's the first evening of Advent. I am making this video at the end of the day, yes, which is not my typical custom. I may usually make videos very early in the morning when I'm doing my best. You know, I've already spent time with God and nothing's gone wrong in the whole day. So um, this is going to be really interesting, but I did it because I wanted to just make a point. I wanted to start talking about one of the very practical and real things about the holiday season, and that is how busy it is. Um, you know, during this season, we have more on our plate, we have more incoming, we have more parties, we have more of everything that we're being invited to. And really, what do you do with that? You know, I think that there's a lot of things that we could talk about with it, but tonight I just want to talk about one aspect of that, and that is we're going to use all those things to teach us open-handed living. But um, I wanted to do it at this particular time just because it sh this day of mine is very typical. It'll be something that you will experience. Today we got up and went to church. After church, and church for us is not like, hey, we went for a couple hours. Church is like, we got there at 8.45 and we left at 1.30. So um, we came home and regrouped a little bit and then we went to a violin recital. My kids had their violin recital. And then after that, we j figured out a way to get them home, our kids home while Jay and I drove out to the LA church staff Christmas party. So that's where we've been and we just got back. And actually we left that, that party early um, just because I'm such a lightweight, I cannot, I cannot stay up late, I gotta go to bed. And I was thinking, that's one of the lessons is, I was thinking about the next day and how can I handle this? If, am I gonna be able to have a, an open-handed day tomorrow if I stay out late? But I wanted to talk about that just a little bit. But first, but let's do some reading. And um, I wanted to read a little bit of what I read last time. Now, the last video that I made, if you're watching them in order, probably the last thing that you watched was uh, Prepare the Way for the Lord. And that was basically a midweek lesson that I had done at the Turning Point about John the Baptist and about how God had sent John the Baptist ahead of Jesus to help get the hearts of the people prepared for the Messiah. And um, in verse 4 of Luke 3, it says, Isaiah had spoken of John when he said, He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, Prepare the pathway for the Lord's coming. Make a straight road for him. Fill in the valleys and level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. And then all the people will see the salvation sent from God. I just wanted to pick it back up here to remind us of really what we're doing during this season, honestly, is we are trying to do what John said to do. We are saying, uh, without a doubt, Jesus is coming back. We don't know the date, so you know, far be it from us to say it's not happening tomorrow, it's not happening at the end of the month just because we haven't seen it. Um, I'm sure that Zechariah, as we know, was shocked to find out that he was gonna be living during the time of the Messiah's coming. You know, everybody had been waiting on it, but yet they were still shocked when it happened to them. And I think that we have to take, we have to take warning from that and go, you know, just because we don't know, uh, that doesn't mean we should, we should relax. We should be thinking of preparing our hearts. And this is a time we get to practice that. We get to practice it. Um, and all of these are these very active verbs of we're going to prepare, um, we're going to fill, we're going to level, we're going to straighten, um, we're going to smooth out the rough places. And today, even in our church service, I was so excited because we got to have a lesson about um, 
basically making sure that if you have any relationship problems going on right now, uh, if there's if there's anything weird going on, if there's uh, uh, someone that you know that you have something against or someone that you know might have something against you, if there's any kind of weird relational things, um, outstanding debts or any kind of forgiveness that needs to be done, uh, forgiveness that needs to be given, we need to get those conversations done now. We need to make sure that over these next few weeks, that's my priority and I, I, I honestly have been doing that. I've been just double checking with people and making sure and, and trying to, um, I look at that as making all the rough places smooth. You know, I'm trying to straighten out the curves and make the rough places smooth. Um, I'm, I feel like it's an active way of stripping the tree of all those fall leaves so that the branches are completely clean. So I want them to be completely pruned. I want everything to be out. You know, you think about this as you're, um, as if you're getting somebody else ready for baptism. You're like, is there anything else that you can think of that you need to apologize for or make amends for before you get into the waters of baptism so you have a clear conscience? And I think that that's how I'm looking at this end of the year is I need to make sure that I'm entering into 2018 with a clear conscience before God that I would be ready. That I could actually say, I mean, none of us, I'm sure all of us are very afraid of the thought that we would meet Jesus right now. But but as far as it as I can, I want to make sure that um, I'm ready for the second coming. So that's sort of the groundwork that we're, we're that we've laid uh, with what this season is about. Um, and as we're going about those very important things, um, you know, I've just found that God has been has been showing me things He wants this season to be about. It has sort of pushed out the things that the season used to be about. I used to try to really make the time to make sure I had all the present spot and all the cards made and all that, and that was where my mind was. And now, I guess the way I look at it is, I have to make sure that the spiritual stuff gets done first. So the goals that I set, the promises that I made to God, the gifts I'm giving to God where I'm not going to have any temper talk, um, where we're going to um, get out of debt. Um, we've made significant strides. Huge things have happened towards getting our debt reduction, um, uh, just trying to get that snowball going. and. Um, you know, finding ways to, I mean, making sure that I'm not overeating, that I'm eating. Actually, I've, I've just made it a goal to eat even less than ever, you know. Uh, just making those things my priority, making sure our household is is growing, making sure that I'm having those conversations that need to be had. All these spiritual things, trying to make time to include the family rescue center or whatever benevolent thing it is that you're doing and when you put you fill up your life with those things then really the rest of this stuff it might not happen but it doesn't really matter you know and if i fit what i have found happens is if i if i make these things my focus if i make the advent season my focus god miraculously works things out for me and that's the thing i want to talk about i want to go backwards in our reading, back to Zechariah, you know, I, I skipped over a little bit because I wanted to get to uh, what we were supposed to be doing through John the Baptist teaching. But if you go back to Zechariah, the, something that we talked about was how Zechariah's response to Gabriel was a moment of doubt. It was, I don't, how, how, this, how, could that, how do I know this is going to work? 
And I think that 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 is a very nor normal response. We talked last, about last time how he's a very spiritual guy, and yet this was still his response. But if you keep reading down um, in verse 26, uh, this is now, I'm back in Luke 1, and uh, it's in verse 26. It says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village of Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be frightened, Mary, the angel told her, for God has decided to bless you. You'll become pregnant and have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can I have a baby? I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby born to you will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What is more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say he, she was barren, but she's already in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant, and I am willing to accept whatever he wants. May everything you have said to me come true. And then the angel left. Now, we've just read one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible. This is on that, you know, I have the greatest hits, the Bible's greatest hits, and that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego one that I shared before, that's one. Another one is when David killed Goliath. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the ranks of the living God? You know, I just love his attitude. It's just amazing. And then here... I am the Lord's servant, may it be to me as you have said. These are some of my favorite quotes from the Bible. But I wanted to talk just a little bit about how, you know, Mary, Mary had filled herself up with God. And Zechariah had filled himself up with God. You know, this is, both of them were chosen by God because God was pleased with them. They, uh... They had done their due diligence, so to speak. They had worshipped. They had served. They had a relationship with God. And they were trustworthy for God's mission. And I think that that's the first lesson I learned from this is just that we need to sink ourselves into and, 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 and immerse ourselves in the things of God so that we're ready to be used by Him. So that when He looks down, He goes, I can use that one. She's been studying her Bible. You know, the way that a Christian, the way that a martyr is made, the way that a that a, a a spiritual giant is made, is one morning at a time, spending time with God, learning the lessons that God is taking you through one little day at a time. Trust me, disciple. It will, you will figure out why all this stuff is going in later. But God saw that He could use them. But their responses were very different. And I think that this is a very important thing for us to realize is that, you know, when things come at us and when, when the unexpected happens, we can have one or two responses. One is, you know, uh, doubt, basically. Like, uh, how can I know this is going to be? It's a skeptic. It's a skepticism. It's when we let that, um, you know, I don't know exactly what Zechariah was feeling, but I know for me, 
It's when I am letting my skeptical, um, jaded view inform my thinking so much that I am doubting God and that I am not quite sure if he has my best interest at heart, that I've allowed myself to go to that place. But Mary, not so with Mary. She ha still had the right attitude, which is, well, how is this going to work? Now, neither one of them knew how this was going to work, but she obviously was coming from a place of, oh, I know this is going to work, but how? Because Gabriel tells her how. And it wasn't offensive when, when he was responding to her. And I just love that thought that this is how it is during the holiday season. I absolutely have no idea how every single individual person is supposed to work out you know, to have a holy holiday. Only God knows the journey that you are on, and it's very personal. It's, 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 he's, he's miraculous. He's working with you individually in a very specific way, and the only way you're going to know what you're supposed to do is to have a tight communion with him where you are listening and you're hearing him, that you've slowed yourself down so that you can hear his voice. Um, but I... I will say some things that I have learned for myself that help me to be in this place of being able to respond to the things that are happening. Are Some things are practical and some things are just really spiritual. I mean, like some practical things are that, you know, when anything, when anything new comes into your schedule, something else has to go out. You have to make that choice. If you're like, I... I've decided that I, I was going to go to this party tonight, and I, and I was glad that I did. Um, more on that later. But because of that, you know, then something's going to have to come out of tomorrow. That's just the way that it is. And being okay with that, especially some of you who really do have a lot of control over your schedule. You have the ability either to take um, some vacation time or some sick days, or you are a homeschooling mom and you're able to rearrange your schedule um, to accommodate Advent, I want to encourage you, just rearrange it. Decide that this is the most important thing that's going on right now is, is getting your relationship with God in a great place and pulling your family through that. And maybe that's more important than the other things that you have going on right now. I know for me, I adjusted my um, school schedule, not to get too detailed, but... I wanted to incorporate the study of uh, Handel's Messiah and go through Advent every day with my kids and uh, my adopted kid, my extra adopted kid, uh, Yaya Franklin, she comes over for school every day. And I wanted to be able to do that with them. Well, then something had to go out of the schedule. And I'm like, that's okay. We don't need to be doing this right now. I want us to be immersed in the story of God. That's what I want us to be doing. And if you have any freedom whatsoever, then adjust. Just let the cup be filled up with something different and let the other stuff flow out. And if you don't have, you know, control over your schedule in that way, just know ahead of time, you know, this is going to be extra, but I can, uh, I can trust that God is going to work it out. So anyway, that's a little practical thing I do is everything that I, if I put in something extra, I take something out. Um, but then I think on the more spiritual side, I think I, I've been, I live in these words right here where it says, um, okay, two things I want to make sure I, I don't forget to say these. At the very end when she says, I am the Lord's servant, may it be to me as you have said. Actually, that's not what my version says, but that's the version I've memorized in my head. And 
I picture Mary going, I mean, here she is 15. She's just found out this crazy news that she is going to have a baby and she is not married. Now, it's really a whole nother lesson and a, a, a mysterious thing to meditate on is why does God do stuff like that? You know, have you ever thought about that? Like, why did he do something so scandalous? It really is scandalous. And I always think about that, like, why did he do that? Now, we, we are numb to the story, as we've talked about, because we've heard it so many times. But if you really think about that, why would the, why would God, who basically has a command, you know, not to have sex outside of marriage, and, you know, when people are caught in adultery, it was in the law that they would be stoned to death. I mean, you are not to have sex before you're married or commit adultery. You know, we're, we're very familiar. This is the Ten Commandments. And then he causes this situation to happen that would be so apparently scandalous. And like, almost like he just did that on purpose. And I often think about the mystery of that. Like, why is that his choice to continually do things that, that you can look at and you can see either spiritually or from a worldly perspective? And, you know, it's just a really crazy thought. But that's too mysterious. You're going to have to probably uh, meditate on that for a while. But I think about her accepting this and saying, well, oh, I mean, who am I to question? I, I am the Lord's servant. That's what she's saying. She's saying, well, Gabriel comes to me and he tells me this is what God wants me to do. Why, why would I even say no? Or why would I argue? Or why would I even think about it? Because I already signed up to be a servant. I am the Lord's servant. Um, she was already his servant. And she was open-handed. That's what I think about Mary. She was open-handed. Well, God put this in my hands. This is what I'm supposed to do. And on a very practical scale, of course, this is something that we have to do on a, on, on a very deep level many times, many times in our lives. Whatever God hands us, which may not be what we, what we were expecting or what we wanted, then we repeat these words with Mary, I am the Lord's servant. But I think on a practical level, this is how I have learned how to get through the holidays. And I can remember still to this day the very first time I was doing Simply Holy two years ago and I was just learning this concept of like God taking me through these very long hard days and me learning how to open my 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 hands and just follow them around and say I am the Lord's servant okay okay well I'm gonna roll with this and um, but I what I've started to learn is that God blesses that always always there's always a blessing in what's happening um, tonight I went to this, um, I was going to this party, and the, the truth is I don't, I don't really know that many people um, on staff in LA Church. There's a lot of reasons for that, but I kind of went on in the next generation. Like, I know all the teen leaders, but I'm not, the older generation, I don't really know them very well. And um, I also don't get to go to very many things because I'm really, really only part-time and paid part-time. And I, got, I have a busy home life, so I don't get around to, to doing much. Um, but I, it turned out that we were going to be doing this, and I was like, okay, amen. I wonder what God has planned. And did I have time to go there? No. You know, did it, was it, did it make my life more difficult? Whatever. Yes. But 
it was this open-handed like, okay, God, what are you doing? And then, of course, I got this great time to be able to ride um, with Jay in the car without kids. That's that's a big gift for those of you that don't know, that I got to ride with Jay. We got to spend time together and talk to him. We prayed on the way. And then when we got there, there was, it was the kind of thing where you didn't know where you were going to sit. I had absolutely no idea where I was going to be able to sit. And there actually wasn't very many seats left, so we were thinking maybe we weren't going to get a seat. But then um, the Heskets came over and said, hey, you should sit with us. Why don't you sit at our table? So I got to sit there and uh, catch up um, with somebody that I would never, ever have ever gotten to talk to. And Robin is, she's on Simply Holy, but that's like the only time I see her is like her little face on the Simply Holy thing. It says her name and her face. And we know we get to talk. She lives in Orange County. And we got to sit next to each other and just catch up. And she was literally talking about the last video that she had watched that, that um, and so it's kind of like she's caught up on my life. So then I got to catch up on her life. And, you know, we, we have uh, kids uh, almost in the same age bracket. They're a little bit ahead of us. And it was just such a great time. I never would have gotten that time if I had not just said, may it be to me as you have said. I, I'm the Lord's servant. That's what I'm here for. We prayed on the way there. God, help me to be what Jay had said this morning was the thing. I think Bob Goff says, you know, give away grace like you're made of the stuff. You know, give away love like you're made of the stuff. And I was just praying that that would be my prayer. Like, wherever I go, just going to encourage whoever I see. And it was a, an amazing time. Plus, it was great food. And <laughs> it was a beautiful place. So, you know, it's just like these little gifts that come. Um, unexpected blessings. That's what I call them. I think that when we obey, when we obey God, He is just waiting to give us these unexpected blessings. You just have to be watching for them. And then the other thing that I that stuck out to me is this thing. It's not anything different, not anything new that you don't know about, but in verse 37 where it says, for nothing is impossible with God. Now, of course, we know this, <laughs> but we don't really live like we know this. I mean, come on. We, we think most everything is, 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 is not impossible for God. <laughs> Except this experience that I'm having and this problem that I have, and that, that seems a little impossible, but everything else is not, you know, is, is not impossible. But I think I've had this, um, I want to share this experience that I've been having lately, and I'd, I don't even know what to make of it, I don't really know what to call it, but I'm just going to try to describe it to you. But, um, you know, ever since I made that decision to do the no temper talk, I have, um, I don't, you know, sometimes you make decisions and I think you didn't really mean it. Like maybe I didn't really mean it because it sort of doesn't last very long. But I think I must have really met, meant this one. And I think I just, I vowed it to God and I was like, I got to do it. So um, I have been trying super hard and actually it's been happening. Like I I have been, I have had a spirit day, I, I basically every day. I've been having these spirit days. And what's interesting about that is that um, I've never had that before. I've never experienced that in any stronghold that I've ever gone after. Um, those of you that are familiar with Way Down, you know, we try for spirit days, but then it's, you know, maybe you don't experience as many of them as you want. And I started realizing that um, I was just, beginning to overcome 
And I started thinking about there, something shifted in me because you know how you'll, you know that, that it's true that there's, there's never any reason to sin. There's, there's never any reason to sin. There's nothing that's impossible for God, right? Um, there's never any reason to sin. And I think I've always, I know that, and you know that, but I think the way I've always heard that is, you know, there's never any reason to sin, you know, just like, and so stop it, so shape up, so, you know, change, you know, get it together, whatever, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. And something has shifted in me to where I don't hear it that way anymore. What I hear is there's never any reason to sin. Like, that means I actually never have to give in. So no weapon is formed against me that can go up against my weapon, that can go up against God, that can go up against walking in the Spirit and calling on His power, calling on His name. There's no power that is greater than that. And so something has happened where whatever comes at me in the day, I realize I absolutely do not have to give in to that. Um, that may mean that I that I have to go pray, that I have to follow me, what, what, whatever it means, I don't have to sin against that. And as I started realizing that I had a spirit day every single day, I started realizing I used to think of spirit days as like, um, I don't know, as if they just happened to me. You know, like I was gifted it. Oh, I got a, I got a spirit day. God gave me a and I never realized that that it's it I was looking at it backwards. I have the I have everything I need. I have everything I need for life and godliness, right? So I actually do not have to choose it ever. And I I don't know, I'm a little bit blown away by this concept right now, and I'm not exactly sure what happened in my mind to set it me free but all I know is I'm just like there is never any reason for me to sin and it has changed my entire perspective about uh, on, on a daily on a daily basis now um, don't don't get me wrong don't hear that I think I never sin that, that's not what I'm saying what I'm saying is I think I've realized I never have to <laughs> And uh, that is a very different way to hear that. That is very different than you never have an excuse to sin. And I, I'm just sort of in, in awe of what God is doing. That nothing, truly nothing, is impossible for God. So I just want to encourage you. Um, we have, what now, 29 days? Is that what we would have left now? Um... You know, we're in the 20s, and you have so much time here to decide that this is going to be your path, that this is going to be the path that you're on, that you're going to make this, this holy journey your journey, and that nothing else is going gonna, is gonna to matter. Um, and you have ample time for God to make a huge difference in your life before 2018. So I would just encourage you to, even if today is your first day, to even make a calendar, to even say, okay, what was my, maybe you forgot what you vowed. Maybe it's, you forgot what, what you had intended to work on. 
just go back. Get it out, press restart, make a calendar, and start from this moment. It'll be 29 more days than you would have. Don't allow, God, don't allow Satan to keep you in his spiral. There's no weapon he has that's greater than God. So you take out your weapon, you decide, you pick up your mat, you start to fill and level and straighten and, and smooth out the rough places. You decide you're going to do this and watch the miracle that God is going to do in your life. Until next time.